tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tinfall Hat. And you know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock this emergency episode. That's right. Emergency episode, uh, solo episode I decided to do this week. We were only going to do one episode, but I decided to uh, bang out um, a very important episode. I have a YouTuber, Instagram superstar. Uh, she's been shadow banned just like myself. Natalie Denise, who is such a wonderful person. She didn't correct me when I called her Natalie the whole show. And we discussed the Texas shootings uh, in the school. We break down basically the timeline and where everything went wrong from start to finish. And it's it's quite shocking. So, uh, again, this is done not because uh, we're trying to be disrespectful. That well, I would never do that. This, you know, uh, um thoughts and prayers and love sent to everybody affected. And we just broke it down about what was going on. And Natalie was on site, everybody. So she, she saw it all. She, she saw what happened. So she's going to answer all your questions and we're just going to break down what could have been done differently and how there's just, you know, once again, there's all these same kind of calling cards of what we've seen in the past. So we're going to break it down. And again, it's done because we need to have a real discussion about why these keep happening, where they keep happening and how we can stop them. And again, to me, this is not about disarming the population. This is about you know, making sure that rules and regulations that are in fact already set are followed. And that those who are there to protect and serve, protect and serve. So that that's the discussion. It's a deep conversation. Uh, real quick, if you want to see me live, I have some live shows coming. June is fire. Okay. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be in Cleveland at one of the greatest comedy clubs on the planet, Hilarities. And then the following night, I am going to be in Dayton, Ohio at the Funny Bone. So uh, come get weird with me on that. Then June 9th, I'm at the American Comedy Company in San Diego with Eddie Bravo, XG, and Johnny Woodard will be there live as well. Grab your tickets now for that. San Diego is always a banger, okay? And then Tallahassee, Jacksonville, grab your tickets now. Please grab your tickets. Uh, flights are expensive, but we're still coming. Eddie Bravo, myself, we're going to get weird in Florida. Come join us. It's going to be a great time. All those tickets, you can you can get your tickets to any of my shows at samtriplee.com. So make sure to grab those now and please enjoy this episode with Natalie Denise. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink 
All right, time for it. Let's get into it. Very excited to have uh, this next uh, content creator on. Uh, she's a YouTuber. Please welcome Natalie Denise. How are you, Natalie? Hey, doing good, uh, considering the week that I've had. Uh, recovering from that. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? You had a crazy week. Yo, it was so unexpected. Uh, you know, I was at the border area as I usually am with a, um, is with a militia that I operate with. So I usually do like, um, border operations, uh, intervening with human trafficking, child trafficking at the border. And, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm their translator. And so, you know, uh, Title 42, um, a lot of the media was already down there. So yeah, I, I had that planned. And then obviously the the horrific news came uh, May 24th and it was like, oh shit, okay. I'm like right here. I'm I'm in a neighboring county. So yeah, that's, that's what happened. And you, uh, for those of you that are not picking up, I'm talking about Uvalde. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable that that is uh, just one week and one day ago, and it already seems to have left the news cycle, right? It's like, it's right? so crazy. So I'm very excited <laughs> to have you on to discuss all that, uh, the For Texas sure. shooting and stuff like that. And, you know, we were having a discussion the other day on one of my shows about, you know, you never want these, these shootings to happen ever, right? right. Of course. But... but I always go, I'm going to wait until I find out what the real story is. And of course, after even in real time, we start to find that everything isn't as we thought it was up front. And so that's the whole reason I wanted to talk to you because you've been dropping some serious bombs on Instagram. And by the way, I have zero clue how you still have an Instagram. God bless you. I support (laughs) you. I follow you. I mean, I got taken off because I put a picture of Hillary Clinton's moose knuckle on a uh, on Instagram <laughs> and they took it down. So I don't know. You're dropping serious bombs on there and I'll include yeah. your Instagram in the description. Um, so where do you want to start? Because it's a great I mean, it's a yeah. crazy story. Yeah. And by the way, I'm on my backup Instagram. I did actually get nuked on my first one. So I've been there, too. Um, but this one, this story is just too uh, incredible not to, ca- to to cover, especially because I was around the environment. So, you know, I kind of start, I guess, you know, at, from the genesis where, you know, I was, uh, I stated that I was in a neighboring county and, you know, the, the news broke out and it, uh, actually Univision was doing a story on uh, or our organization and they get alerts like, you know, the news alerts. So they'll know before everybody knows. And so, um, I was actually working uh, on, with my day job, and so I, I didn't know that this was going on. Uh, but apparently, one of uh, or uh, one of my militia member mates uh, actually went to the Uvalde as soon as he found out. Actually, actually, when he got the news notification from one of the news crews, and uh, so he was one of the first on scene. And when I went back to the main living quarters, they were like, dude, did you find out what happened? I was like, no, what's going on? They're like, Uvalde, uh, Uvalde elementary school just got shot up. And like, you know, like, see, I'm like, we hear this a lot more often. And it's sad that we're so desensitized to it because let's be honest, we really are a desensitized, desensitized to all these shootings. So I just thought 
initially like, oh, it's just another one of those that, that, that are just so um, often now. And then uh, when I started getting news notifications, I'm like, oh crap, this is like one of the worst shootings in Texas history. Uh, you know, and, and the first thing that I thought, you know, was, uh, of course, the, the probably the most equivalent was Sandy Hook because Sandy Hook had the same mass casualty type of event. Yeah. And, you know, without going down that rabbit hole, I smirk, <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, that's the first thing that I, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like mass casualty. So, um, you know, I, I just kind of I'm kind of like taken back. I'm like, all right. So militia member comes back and I'm like, yo, unload what's going on. Like, how, what did, what did you see? And, uh, actually the, the person I'm talking about, he's a reporter for RGB truth. And he's got a lot of exclusive footage. He was the first on site and he was just basically like, yo, like it was just very eerie. It was like a smooth silence. And he was like, you would think that it would be like, there would be an escalated sort of demeanor in the air. Yeah. Something like that. He was like, it was just very somber. And he was like, it was just weird. He was like, uh, I saw, he was like, I saw uh, some sort of tactical activity on one side of the school and then not on the other. Uh, And then he was like, there was in a lot of ambulances. And so I was like, okay. So I did a little interview with him on my YouTube. I was like, okay, describe what you saw and describe the feeling of it. So fast forward throughout the day, we actually made it a mission to go to Uvalde just to go see if we could support them. And um, we arrived to the scene, the police investigation scene at Robb Elementary. So we were were some of the only media people or myself and RGB Truth were there. Um, And that's where we saw like a lot of three letter agencies just kind of like swarmed around. And we were like, how did they get, I mean, yeah, I, I guess they could get there that fast. I, I suppose that's logical, but I mean, it, it, they were just swarmed with FBI, San Antonio, San Antonio fire department, and it was just really fast. So, so, so I just want to say when we begin this, that because there's going to be some people and mo- mm-hmm. most likely that don't listen to this show, they're right. going to think, Oh, you're being disrespectful to the victim. This right. is something that we always go through when mm-hmm. we do these shows, right? Right, is right, right. People think that we're yeah. being disrespectful. And reality mm-hmm. is, I and, you know, I, I, my heart, my thoughts, my prayers, and my heart go out to the people involved, right. the, the family members. I, I wouldn't wish this on anybody, okay? Absolutely But not. I also know that I would want to know who did this. Who's the actual person that did this and why this happened? And were there some safety measures uh, installed that were not recognized or followed? And if they if that's true, why not? So this is what happens when you do what we do. We we have a storm and we have to sit in the storm and ask Mm -hmm. the questions that make people uncomfortable because they're, you know, if you if you if you study this show enough, you know that what they try to do is they get you uh, emotion in this super high emotional anxiety so that they can get something that they want done. And that's my now. Does that mean dark forces were behind this? Well, we'll get into that later. But what I'm right. saying to you is like, there's just always more to the story. There's oh, just yeah. always more to the story. So 
we're not being disrespectful. I, I, this show fights for life and fights for people's right to live their life in dignity and spirituality. And mm-hmm. we're not sitting here mocking it. That's not who no. we are. No. But we're asking like hard hitting questions that need to be Absolutely. asked. Absolutely. And it has to be asked. And the thing is, like, there's always going to be um, a, a lot of sensitivity around the subject, rightfully so, because it just happened. It was fresh. Even when I started post- posting my footage on my Instagram, you know, and, we'll, and we'll, I'll actually get, get into that with the Civic Center and all that. Um, you know, there were people who are like, you know, you can't, it's this, you guys are crazy. Y'all are disgust. You are disgusting. These parents are grieving. And then literally a day later, the timeline was announced by the press conference. Actually, no, it was a uh, Victor Escalone who made one of the first press conference, who is uh, one of the um, law enforcement officials. And then it was Stephen McGraw, who is the d- d- director for the Texas DPS, who then confirmed a timeline. And so now I'm like, well, I, I pay, you know, all these this footage is paying dividends now because it's like, yeah, all of this is seemingly not right. And so with and I'll get into the Civic Center. And yeah, I, I totally agree. And I concur that, you know, I do believe that there were casualties here. I do believe that. But I the reason why I'm speaking out and the reason why I'm putting out these bombs is because things are just not making sense. But you know what's what's also encouraging? I think a lot more people are catching on to this than, let's say, back in the Sandy Hook times. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. 100 yeah. percent. And for me, it, it, the, the beginning of people waking up so, is the is the Vegas shooting. And uh-huh. these things just don't get the traction. They And it, it just sucks speaking in these terms because people lost their children. And we'll get into the, the, the law enforcement's role in this. Yeah. Um, but when, when the story in the Vegas shooting starts to like disintegrate instantly, and we we actually see the FBI almost march away from this quietly. Uh, that's when we start to realize things are a little weird. And, you know, the FBI's had a weird week. I, 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 I'm not you know, I do shows all the time. I get intelligence agents at my shows all the time. They show mm-hmm. up. I know they're there. I, I have no ill will towards anybody. You know, I'm sure that my show uh, is a high profile enough that, you know, I'm on a bunch of people's stuff. But again, <laughs> You got to do your job. That's you. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just here too because I love humanity. Um, But we start to see storylines, connections again with the FBI and stuff like that. But I want to start and then I want to go unpack a lot of it. Yeah. What is your timeline on the day's event? Uh, Like me personally, my experience. Or or what do you think happened that day at, at, at the, uh, Cause you, I, I don't know if it was you or somebody else dropped the bomb. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to start with it. So we have this story and you dropped the bomb that there was two kids about four years ago. Let's oh, get into yes. that stuff. Yeah. yeah four yeah. years ago. You want to talk about that? And then the AI yeah. program, and then we'll get into the actual days timeline. Cause there are some stuff that just like, <laughs> why, wh- why is this allowed to happen? Dude, I, I have no idea. And, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know why the timeline is not a story in itself. Why are people not 
you know, making, making a big deal about the timeline, but yeah, let's start back in 2018. So back in 2018, there were two teens that were arrested uh, for making threats of a mass casualty event that they were planning in specifically 2022. Now, the thing about this is that uh, the Uvalde police, they did address this back in 2018 in a press release. And they basically confirmed it that there were two teens. Uh, they seemed mentally ill until they, uh, you know, it came until they talked to a counselor where they had basically admitted their ambitions to plan a mass casualty event. Now, the thing about this is that they're not declassifying who these two teens are. And but yet, you know, uh, it was actually Representative Tony Gonzalez who broke that news on Fox. And later on, the uh, Bill Malugan from from Fox actually tried to confirm with the Uvalde police because I believe he was on the scene as well as everybody else who was reporting in Uvalde because he's a border reporter as well. Uh, He asked the police and they were like, no, he's not one of the teens. But I'm like, pump the brakes, though. Like, you're not going to declassify these records. You're not going to declassify who these two teens are, but you can confirm who wasn't one of the teens. Like, does that make any sense? Right. I mean, especially in (laughs) panic mode right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're doing damage control. Right. And if, if that ends up being true, then they look really bad. And here we are again in an instance of the intelligence agencies know everybody involved and don't do anything. 100 percent. And so but the thing is, too, it is alleged that Salvador Ramos, the uh, shooter of the Rob Elementary massacre, it's alleged that he does have, re- you know, something on his record, but it's sealed So, you know, there's that too. So if you put two and two together, it kind of looks like it aligns. But of course, these are things that we can only allege. We can't confirm that 100% until they declassify these records, if they ever do, right? So Which they will not. They will never do it. It will be... (laughs) 20 years from now before they do that. Right, right. So so that's the 2018 deal, um, you know, these teens. And and that's the thing too, like if if we're talking about criticism, like I, I think that there ought to be cl- declasses later on. Like if these teens were teens at the time, but they're adults now, like we as an active society should know who was a danger to our personal safety. So anyway, but that's neither here or there. Like you said, we may not find out until like 20, 50 years down the line. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So there's that, the 2018. Now, the thing that really surprised me, again, the things that are like little pepper, uh, salt and pepper pieces in this whole scenario are the pieces that I'm like, yo, that's a big deal. So let's move into the Uvalde ISD contracting with an artificial intelligence um, company called, uh, well, they're they're called uh, Social Sentinel. And they are a, uh, they're supposed to be a monitoring service, which by the way, I'm like, how do you do this with minors where you can, you know, I, I know it's, it's, it's kind of a double entendre. Cause it's like, well, I wish, I wish you would have caught this, this shooter, but at the same time, it's like, how are you allowed to do this and like invade privacy? They're able to scan emails, uh, social media posts. Um, yeah. And nobody's, nobody has a problem with this at all. I have no idea. I'm like, do, do you need to sign a permission slip by the parents? I mean, this just kind of seems a little bit illegal because it's like kind of invasive, but nonetheless, what they're aimed to do is exactly that they're supposed to, you know how, like when you post on Instagram and you get that immediate fact check 
or that immediately uh, like this yeah. post is misleading or missing yeah. context. Yeah. So the, the reason why a- Instagram is able to do that is because they have a thing called a blueprint. It's like a heat signature. And so what they what they do is basically they take an, a thumbprint of an image or a meme and they basically make an outline. They form that, that into their algorithms. And so that's why uh, they already have this template internally in their algorithm. So once you make that post, if it matches, they're able to do that immediately, right? <laughs> so this is the same sort of oh, algorithm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's also the same type of technology that they're supposedly trying to combat child sexual exploitation online. If they really wanted to do that, they could actually. So if they wanted to combat uh, child exploitation material online, they could actually use the same technology. But um, instead, it's more heavily used to, you know, flat and to the truth. Right. And, uh, exactly. You know, alternative media. Yeah. 100%. Exactly. So, you know, and not only that, they they also have like a text recognition. Yeah. So if it's a picture and a text co- a combination, they have they're supposed to have this algorithm to make it out of, you know, is this a mentally is this coming from a mentally ill person, student? Is this threatening behavior? Things like this. Right. And so. Uvalde ISD paid $9,900 to contract with, uh, again, it's called Social Sentinel. The, the merger company is called Navigate360. And you guys can look this up, navigate360.com. You can go see what they're about. Um, and the thing that's so concerning about this is that ever since the incident last week, it's now come out that Salvador Ramos exhibited over and over consistently threatening behavior, mentally ill behavior, threatening girls online. Uh, there was even a social uh, platform called Yubo. I've never heard of Yubo, but apparently the young kids are using it now. Of course. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the young the young kids. So uh, apparently this is where the high schoolers were using this to socialize with each other. And he was making threats. He was walking around with a bag full of dead cats. Like, okay, there you go. You know what I mean? Like, there you go. Just dead cats, you know, and, and this never got flagged, but this was consistent behavior from Salvador Ramos. So like, let's just pause and think about that. What this kid is, he is exhibiting this behavior over and over again. And you Okay, Sam, if you had a company that was like, okay, we're specifically, our purpose is to formulate algorithms to detect this behavior, to detect this type of content. This is your expertise. This is what you should be detecting. So what the hell happened in a small town of Uvalde? Apparently they monitored thousands of students, but Uvalde is a small town. So you're telling me that out of a small town and the one who looked to be the most disruptive, you didn't pick up on him? Yeah. And but here's my whole thing. If you this is the whole thing when you get into the world of conspiracy, if you go, if somebody's job is to do good, they fail Mm. unless their job is to identify certain things Mm. that can be manipulated. Right. Because that's a double edged sword. Right. You could easily be looking for the shooter to stop it or. Because, I mean, we go all the way back to Charles Manson, who was like consistently let out of prison over and over and over again because they wanted him to wreck shop and cause chaos. 
Well, right. I mean, this is what we're getting into, man. This mm-hmm. is what we're getting into. Are they identifying them to stop it or are they identifying them to use them as patsies? That exactly. is the real question. And those are the dangerous questions you have to ask. And some people don't want to ask those questions. But this has been mm-hmm. done over and over and over and over again. It's 100%. MK Ultra in a weird way. But also yeah. data, if they got your data, they can manipulate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that- 100%. And when you're that, when you're that mentally fragile, Mm -hmm. you're easier to manipulate. And, you know, so we got to go, I'm going to say something. It's going to be super controversial to Mm -hmm. outsiders, probably not people on this show, but you know, you're walking around in, in, uh, uh, with dead cats, which is dead animals. And you're dressing like a woman when you're a man. When I was younger, those were signs that people were going to become serial killers. That was 100%. When everyone, when you study all these serial killers, they always had mothers that dressed them like girls and sent them to school and 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 fuck with their head. And then killing of of animals too was another right. sign that you were going to be uh, up to no good if you got older. It was like one of the characteristics from several serial killers. So I'm just telling you, man, all the signs were there that something was going to go down. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of kids also attested to, you know, with his behavior that, you know, he wasn't the bullied. He was a bully. He was mean to people, you know, so so given all of this right now. okay, so I'm like thinking, okay, what the hell? Like you're supposed to detect this. And actually, one of my followers made the perfect comment because they were like, did he fall through the cracks or was he pushed through the cracks? And I think that's like (laughs) that's the perfect 100 (laughs) percent. 100 percent yes guys i want to tell you about our friends at sterlingstockpicker.com listen these are turbulent financial times to say the least the key to getting your money to work for you at times like this is to have solid financial advice our good friends over at sterling stock picker know what's up and have created software for you to find winning stocks in crypto even if you are new to investing hey let's face it Stocks are on sale, and it's time to start buying shares of companies that are undervalued. It's time to get your money to start working for you instead of you working so hard for it. Did you know the elites line each other's pockets using their company stocks? The key is to figure out which stock to buy and start racking in profits. Sterling Stock Picker shows you when to buy, sell, hold, or avoid, okay? I love it. It's a, you know, I've talked to these guys. We've uh, had conversations. They are in line with Tim Fall Hat's values, okay? And if you look at the, the the interface that you actually will be using when you're using Sterling Stock Picker, it's really easy to understand. They explain everything point by point. It, it's perfect if, if you just kind of want to dip your toes in or if you're somebody who's really advanced at stock trading it's really a great service so let's face it you work hard for your money don't you think it's time you start getting your money to work hard for you the stock market has been around for 120 years more millionaires are made from investing stocks than any other asset class sterling stock picker was created to help you get better returns than mutual funds and start investing in stocks that are crushing it during this pandemic The software is truly unique. I like that you can be a brand new investor and find winning stocks in three clicks. There's even weekly live streams by the founder who shares which stocks to buy and what to sell. So you'll always be in the know. This is what I want you to do. Head over to sterlingstockpicker.com slash tinfoilhat and grab your full free 
14-day trial. That's Sterling, S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G, stockpicker.com slash hat. You'll be glad you did. So, okay. So then uh, that I got curious and I was like, okay, social sentinel, because, you know, I read, I read through the, that daily mail article and I was like, okay, what, what is their intention? And um, it, it just to paraphrase it, it's to pick up, they have algorithms to, you know, detect this and, you know, make sense of whether or not they have behavioral issues. Now, if you go to, if you go to um, navigate360.com, you know, you can, you can actually see on their website and it's pretty chill, chilling now looking back, looking at it, they have a little chart on their, on their website saying what they do. And it's, it's like, you know, uh, they threat detection and prevention, behavioral threat assessment and suicide case management, comprehensive school threat assessment, guidelines, training, uh, detect social media and email scanning technology, filter web filtering technology, mental health, wellness, safety management, preparedness. They have Alice active shooter response training, emergency management suite. So when you go to this website, navigate360.com, and I just encourage people to go do this on their own. Like, don't, don't just believe me. I want you to go research this and confirm that you see this, right? And like, this is on their website present day. I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is some crazy stuff. It's like literally right there. And they did the complete opposite. So then I was like, okay, um, as what I personally like to do is I like to dig, right? So I like to I like to go see who's behind this, like who's the advisory board. And I went to go look at their advisory board. And this is the part that you saw probably that a lot of these, most of these people on the board were like former appointees of either Obama. I saw one that was uh, Clinton and Bush uh, or Bush. So there's the Bush, Clinton, Obama administration appointees that were on this board. And I'm like, is this a coincidence or something? Like, like all of these, like most of these people, I think there was like out of, out of most of them, maybe two or three that were not listed as appointees. But to (laughs) me, I'm like, I mean, this is too coincidental. And as I was looking at this, I actually did a a, a video on my YouTube about a, I, I don't know if you know about the NSA, the national security action group, that was a shadow government group. Yeah, the NSA is still very viable. Yeah, so this was this was actually not the not the NSA that we know, but this was actually if you go to nationalsecurityaction.org, when you go there today, you're not going to see anything because they scrub this website. But if you plug it into waybackmachine.com, you will see. So you heard about shadow governments, you know, uh, uh, Obama's possibly doing a shadow government, blah blah blah. This was the literal, this was the literal shadow government that they were operating. And it was an NGO. If you plug it into waybackmachine.com, you'll see their board and their board consists of Jen Psaki and Rice, all uh, Jake Sullivan, like most of the Biden administration today were in the shadow government, national, uh, national security action.org. Yep. Yeah. A lot of people don't know this, but I'll send you the link to my video. You're going to be mind blown. But if you go to the the archived website, you will, and they scrubbed it. That's the thing. They scrubbed the website. So I'm like, why would you scrub this website? Most of the Biden administration came from the Obama administration and they were running throughout Trump's presidency as a shadow government under nationalsecurityaction.org. It was an NGO. That's the immediate thing that just came came to my mind resemblant to my dig on the 
And I'm not saying it's the same, right? Let me just clarify that. I'm not saying like, this is what it is. It just resembled what I did before that a lot of these Obama appointees, they're always in this, these like shadowy NGOs, yeah, well, dude, he's, he's a Bush. He's yeah. a Bush cousin. It's it's like if you're still getting into R's and D's and you're fighting over R's and D's, you you don't get it. It's all Bush death clan. And that's what they've all been doing. Obama, Bush, mm-hmm. Clinton, they're all on the same team. And whatever Trump is, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, Trump, it walks on water or anything. I right. think he's another crime organization. Mm-hmm. Whether I'd rather live, like I, we've said on the show for since 2016, I'd rather live on the block of a uh, uh, of a crime boss than live on the block of a uh, satanic pedophile. That's that's my opinion. You know, if I had to pick right. one to live on, that's yeah. what I live on. So yeah. I make no, you know, it's like, I don't know if there's such thing as a lesser of two evils, but uh, it just seems like there's this concerted effort to, to f- destroy everything that Trump touches all the time, even right. to this Sussman trial that just happened mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. guilty, uh, not guilty verdict when they had him dead. The ro- I mean, right. like it, like that, that, that was one text game over. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Day, yeah. Bye-bye. And yeah. nope, nothing. Uh, you know, when, when one, one person is a, uh, Hillary, two people were Hillary Clinton's, uh, donators. Another person was an OAC donator. Mm-hmm. Another person's kid played on Sussman's kids, uh, sports team. I mean, like, good luck, bro. Good luck. <laughs> I know. I know. So, you know, moving, pivoting back to this. So, you know, uh, NSA, uh, that's what it, it, national security action. That's what it most resembled to me. I'm like, why do these organizations who say that they do good, like they have all of these sus, uh, I just, uh, no pun intended, these sus people on their board or their advisory, their leadership, right? So, you know, uh, and 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 it's stating the exact thing that they were supposed to prevent, right? And so we move it also into the drills. You know, the, the Uvalde school district, they held drills. Like for me, I- They held drills, man. Yes. They had drills. They I- ran drills. And here's the thing, like, when, when did Columbine happen? Like so long ago, I, myself at my, in my high school, I, we never had those types of drills. I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but to me, I'm like, Uvalde small. And they had these drills like pretty often. Why? I never had those in my high school, in my high school life. I, I've never seen that. Um, maybe, maybe a weather drill, maybe, maybe fire drills, but I, we've never had active shooter drills, but that's neither here or there, there, because I believe they, you know, other school districts have it. I just didn't, but the, the fact that Uvalde had them so often, right. That they, they, they contracted even in their pamphlet that, uh, stated their security measures, you know, we contract with social sentinel, we have security, we have counselors, you know, we've had these drills, we, you know, it's just like, you had all of these protocols. Why would you act directly against the protocols? That doesn't make any sense to me, right? One hundred percent. And like, what were the cops' involvement in those drills? Do you have any clue what those were? Because whatever they practiced, they did not put into motion. And when it quote unquote was in real time, yeah. I mean, and what one interesting fact uh, now that you mentioned that the cops, uh, one of the the teachers, God rest her soul, her name was. Uh, Eva Morel, uh, Morel, Eva Morellis. She was one of the teachers that was shot. 
and uh, what her husband, Ruben Ruiz, he was actually one of the cops. It says right here from um, what is this news article? Con- uh, 25 ABC. Uh, it's a local news station. Uh, Morel was an educator for 17 years. Morel's bio also reads that she has been co-teaching with Irma Garcia. Um, Garcia's husband passed. Okay. That's another thing I didn't write down, but okay. Gar- uh, what the other teacher, her husband got, had a heart attack two days after, you know, the, the incident. Um, but anyway, this, uh, e- Morellis, one of the teachers, Eva, her husband, Officer Ruiz, Officer Ruben Ruiz is also one of three school district officers listed as an instructing an active shooter training course that was hosted by the department in March of 2022. So one of the one of the teachers that passed away, her husband was actually a school officer, school district officer, and he participated in these drills. I mean, I'm telling you, this this stuff is just everywhere. So, it's like, so he was an officer on on campus. He was a school district officer. So he was actually one of the ones that instructed the drills. It says right here, uh, Eva Morellis, a teacher who died in the Robb Elementary shooting, was married to a school district police officer, Ruben Ruiz, according to a family member. Morell was an educator for 17 years and has one daughter. Her school bio reads, I have a supportive, fun and loving family. And she mentions Officer Ruiz as well. He, Officer Ruiz, is also one of three school district officers listed as instructing an active shooter training course that was hosted by the department in March of 2022. That is so crazy. That is so, what was that, two months before this? Or, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. 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 I mean, when you get into Parkland, they did, they did the, the uh, they ran one of the simulations the day of yeah the vegas shooting they ran a simulation like that week yeah i yes. mean we just see it over and over and over and over over 100%. and over the if you look at the boston bombings they talked about how they were going to um they were going to run a similar there was news agencies that said they were running one downtown i mean you just see it over and over and over and over again and it's so insane it's and it's bizarre. so super true. Yeah, it is beyond bizarre. But so let's let's actually pivot from from the the drills because it's like okay, we're talking about law enforcement. You know what has me questioning today because of because of everything that has just been so evolving and changing. It makes me stand back because when you look at the authorities, the police authorities, the Texas DPS and the Uvalde police, they are throwing each other under the bus. They they keep changing their story. Uh, it was first reported that Uvalde police um, actually it was Stephen McGraw, the Texas DPS director, who first said, yes, there was a resource officer at this school. And then later that Friday, he said, no, there, no, actually, it was Victor Escalone the day before the, the big press conference. He said, no, there wasn't a resource officer. And so it was like, well, why did the Texas DPS director say that there was and when there really wasn't? So there's little uh, a changing, evolving narratives like that. Now, when you mean resource officer, is that a security officer? Yeah, that's a school security officer or like a school district officer. So their narrative quickly changed from that to that. Now, here's the thing. All of a sudden, all of the blame went to Peter Arredondo, in which their narrative states that he was the one who ordered. I can't 
call it concretely a police standoff because there was not an order officially recognized as that. But apparently the police and you guys probably have seen the footage holding back the parents from not going into the school. Unbelievable. Right. Unbelievable. Before we get into this part, I just want to before we get into the the actual when he's in the school, I want to get into something else. So this kid is troubled. Do we know anything about his parent? Like, I know that his mother was interviewed. They think that there was a mistranslation in what she said. Uh, You know, it's it's a real hard thing because, you know, I know that parents It's, you know, being a parent is so difficult and so hard and you love your kids so much and Mm -hmm. you just don't know when they go off, uh, off the reservation. And, you know, I'm not trying to give excuses for her, but I could see the pain in her voice. And, you know, she, she's lost a kid as well. And granted he caused all the pain. So I'm not saying that he, he doesn't deserve to be dead, but I I, I understand. I I mean, she, she just must feel like just the worst human being on the planet right now. So, but she was talking. So the question is, where did he get this truck and where did he get these guns? Do you have any thoughts on that? Okay. So actually it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I've actually, I've been to Oasis before. This is a small, um, it's a really neat little restaurant in the border area near Uvalde. And it's got, they sell uh, obviously firearms and ammunition, but they also have a restaurant on the other side. Um, but that that's apparently where he bought all of his supplies. Now, the thing about this is now the truck, allegedly that was his grandmother's truck. I don't know that for sure. And actually somebody should run the plates and see like who actually owns that truck. I haven't myself done that or seen seen any confirmation in that. But let's just say it is her truck because then the other question is how did he get all of this these firearms and all of these, this ammo. And I actually saw there was a, uh, army, there was an, um, there's a soldier and he was doing like some assessment on a social media post. And he was like, listen, uh, you know, uh, the, the fire, the rifles, probably like a couple thousand. And then you have the ammunition, the magazines, a handgun, more ammunition. You know, he was like, you're probably looking at about like $9,000 in total with everything that he had you know, every, everything that he used. And it's like, this dude, well, he's 18 years old. He has no, he, I would suspect that he has no credit, right? Because he's 18. He dropped out of high school. He was working at Wendy's. I mean, I, I personally, and maybe, Hey, maybe you can get credit like that. Maybe there, there was a finance plan and, and he was able to uh, purchase it that way. But I mean, that's $9,000. You don't get initial $9,000 credit just off off the brink like that at 18 years old. I mean, it may have changed, but I, I, I don't believe that you can do that. So then it's like, where'd he, where did he get all this, this finance, this financial aid to, to buy all this, all of these supplies? Do we have uh, any knowledge of whether he was on pharmaceuticals or not? I mean, he looks like he was transitioning, which in itself does insanity to the body. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, we never talk about that when we talk about, you know, 50 percent of trans end up committing suicide. Nobody talks about what the role of hormones do to your body. I mean, mm. it's like you listen to any commercial for even the most simple of, of pharmaceutical drugs. Mm-hmm. They're like it causes suicidal thoughts. Right. So what 
what would be what would happen if you're completely changing your your hormones in your body? I mean, it's just yeah. crazy. Well, I uh, to, so to address that, I, I don't know that that picture was him, so I can't confirm that that was him transitioning. I know that he did get made fun of for wearing guyliner in school, so I, I don't know for sure what what sort of medications he was in or if. Okay. If he if that was actually him in that photo, I think actually that photo got circulated really, really fast. Uh, him in front of a trans flag. Uh, so I'm not quite sure. I can't confirm that that's him 100 um, percent. But uh, again, I, I don't know that he was on any psycho psychoactive drugs or anything like that, um, that. And see, that's crazy, too, because I believe the DEA was actually on scene. And that's something that hasn't been reported that's something that we haven't seen a, a story on. Why was the DEA on, on oh, that's scene? That's super interesting. Right? That's su- I wonder why are they on site? What is the, what reason do they have to be there? Right, right. Why so, is that jurisdiction? Uh, and, and that's the thing. Like, there's so much that we just haven't seen. Um, there in the the footage that is on my Instagram that was shared from RGV Truth. There was um, there was a scene. If you if you just watch very closely, there, by the truck, there were two federal uh, federales. There were two, I believe, Bortac uh, Bortac agents that were just right by the truck. And to me, that's like. I don't know. I, and I might be, everybody's speculative right now, but I'm just like, why are they by the truck and not, you know, at the scene? I, I don't know, but there, there's just, there was just a lot going on. So, um, so here we go. We get into this. He shows up. Um, he shoots two people across the street. Yeah. They called it. I mean, I think he crashes his car first, right? Is that what happens? Okay. see this is this is the thing that gets me fired up though sam like because it's like i don't understand how anybody can believe this timeline so this is the timeline allegedly by stephen mcgraw who is the texas again the texas dps director but allegedly at 11 27 uh salvador crashes his truck almost have this thing memorized it's crazy he crashes his truck into a concrete ditch now you tell me have you ever been in a total loss accident before? No. Or like in a really bad accident. So, yes. so it, I don't know, like I I've been in a really bad rollover and it's, it's taken me, I don't know, like it's, it, it's taken me quite a bit to just like get out, you know? Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, like it takes you a few minutes. Like you're, you're kind of, even if it's a, a lot of adrenaline, you're just kind of like, you kind of like, okay, am I, am I okay? Is anything broken? You're kind of assessing yourself. You're assessing the local scene within your car vicinity. How, how long would that take? I, I would say like at least five minutes, at least at the very least, but it is. And, a led- and, and if you roll it or you crash it or you total it, right. Which is what we're saying. Ha- they're saying happened. Would right. ammo and everything fly all over the place? Like, how is he? He's pulling himself out like he's Jason Bourne, right? <laughs> we know this guy's uh, a, a trans teen, and he's pulling himself like Jason Bourne, right. grabbing, you know, like Liam Neeson when somebody stole his kids, and he's somehow been a- able to pull this high impact rifle out, right? And without with precision and start trying to clip people 100%. So actually let me correct myself. So let me retract that timestamp at 1127. 
it was reported that the teacher propped open the door. That's that's the timestamp. 1127, the teacher props open the door. One minute later is when Salvador Ramos allegedly crashed his truck into the ditch. Now, right when he crashed his truck, again, you might, I mean, he might be superhuman. He might have that much adrenaline where he's able to get out of his truck. The axles, by the way, were bent in. So that that's the thing too, Sam. Like, we don't have the story b- before that. Like, <coughs> was someone pursuing him into the ditch? I know that he had just shot his, his grandma in the face, right? But was there a law enforcement pursuing him? Is that why, is that why he had a high impact, high velocity crash into the the ditch? I, we don't have that information, but that to me is important. You know, well, it is super important. It's super important. Now he shot his mom, his grandma in the face. Did she mm-hmm. die instantly? Because someone said that the grandma had called a, a 911. Mm-hmm. So allegedly they, they were first reported that she did die that day. Now it was later, later on, we learned that she wasn't actually in critical condition. So she survived. And to this day, I think, I think it's reported that she can't, she's probably going to never be able to talk again, but that's the thing. Like there were so many headlines flipping, flipping everywhere, but yeah, she got shot in the face. She went to her neighbor's house and that's where they called 911. But even so like, okay, the 911 was called. I want to hear about the pursuit. You know, she called 911 and then comma the police then tried to pursue Salvador Ramos. We have not seen that yet in any story. We haven't seen that story timeline. So also put in perspective how small this town is. I mean, it's a tiny town. It's Mm -hmm. like, I I don't know what the population is. Do you know what the population is? I do not. I could look that up really quick. So, so, I mean, we're talking to be able to get anywhere in town should be extremely easy. From right. the moment the call is made to the moment he crashes his car should yeah. not be that long. Yeah. If you have cops, they should yeah. be showing up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, the population is 16,122. Okay. So I grew up in a town that big, upstate New York, that small. A cop can get anywhere in town in 10 minutes at the most. Throw mm-hmm. on your 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 sirens. Everyone gets out of your way. You can get there quick. And that's if you're on the other side of town. There's got to be cops around there at this point. Right. Right. So he crashes in the ditch, 1128. Now, there's a little bit of an interval where they don't really stay. But between 1128 and 1131, so that's 28, 29, 30, 31. That's three minutes. Um, He gets out of the crashed vehicle. And I already explained why I speculate that because anybody who gets in this sort of total loss needs a little bit to get out their video vehicle. He starts shooting at two people towards a funeral home. And that is actually pretty consistent. There's been other witness testimonies. So that's pretty, that has been pretty consistent, but between the time he crashes his truck into the ditch and 1131. So a three minutes interval, he starts shooting at the school. Now I sent you the infographic, right? So you see where the red truck is uh, in the ditch and you see where the school is. That's a few. And, and actually, I, 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 I was at the scene and I saw that I was Whoa. there. While, yeah, I will include this in the uh, 
Wow. Yes. Yes. And if you go back, if you go back to my, um, my Instagram, um, if you go back to my Instagram, uh, live video, when I was there at the scene, I flashed a little bit of the, the truck was still in the ditch when I was there. You can see from the ditch to the school that this, this school is a few yards away. Tell me how this dude, he hops out, he crashes it into the, the ditch. He hops out the truck in minute intervals. He shoots at the, the funeral home, you know, individuals. And then it's alleged that he scaled that fence in that pictographic. He scaled the fence, he climbed it, and he made his way all the way across with yards away to the school. In minute intervals, school cop drives past Ramos at 11.32, right? So shoots at the school at 11.31. The, and the school cop somehow drives past Ramos while he's shooting at the school, okay? Now, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and here's the whole thing. I was just in Michigan, and outside our hotel, I heard six, boom, 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 boom. You know gunshots. Yeah. You know, gunshots and we're talking high impact rifles here. That, yes. Those make a very loud sound. Yeah. So everybody in the school had to have heard those shots. I'm not sure if we know the exact number of shots he shot at the funeral home, but I'm yeah. sure it wasn't one. I'm sure he did more than one. And see, here's a, here's another report actually that I, I should, rep uh, I should actually post, but it is alleged that Salvador Ramos entered the school with more ammo than a soldier would enter in, in combat. So he had that much ammo and that, so if he was popping off that much, how do you mistakenly, Oh, that's not him, you know, pass him by now. What the hell? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. So Visiting the timeline again, we're we're at one minute intervals. Intervals shoots at the school eleven thirty one. Scop the school cop pa drives past him at eleven thirty two. Ramos enters the school at eleven thirty three, and then he starts shooting into the classrooms at uh, at eleven thirty three. It's reported by this press conference. A hundred rounds. Three cops follow, then another four. So that's seven cops by eleven thirty five, and then there's nineteen cops in the hallway. That's what that's what Stephen McGraw said, that there were 19 cops in the hallway at 1203. Um, and it proceeds that, you know, kids from the school were trying to call. And, and by the way, they did know that kids were alive in the school because the dispatch audio has been released. And they said there was eight kids that were alive. So let me just say something here. There's also a scenario where they said that he was shooting outside for 12 minutes before he entered the school like there's a video of him outside shooting for like 12 minutes before he so sense. i don't understand i don't know if this timeline is is it, maybe that that is wrong but i saw some distinctly said he was shooting outside for 12 minutes if that is true mm -hmm. then that is even more unforgivable i mean the whole thing's unforgivable oh 100%. but you, you can't tell me that you didn't have time to figure this out no, you can't. And, and Sam, this is what's remarkable. This timeline is from the Texas DPS. They took this verbatim from what Stephen McGraw reported out to the press. This is his time. Like it, and we broke it down. It was like he was going back and <laughs> forth. They had a whole map. And it's like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, but yeah. this was this guy's verbatim. Doing everything in, in like $6 million man motions like he's superhuman. 
and that, like I said, I don't understand why the reported timeline coming from the press conference on Friday is not a bigger story because that's where the story is. Yeah. Like your captain planet or something like you, you just, you, in one minute, one minute intervals, you're able to hop out your truck, spray bullets this way and that way, scale offense. You know, that doesn't make, that's not humanly possible to me, in my uh, personal opinion, for a mentally ill 18 year old who's fragile to do these types of moves. Now, if he had a, the only reason I would say, like, maybe he, he could do that is maybe if he was pumped with adrenaline to the point where he was he had the ability to do that. But to me, that's phys- all of that is physically impossible. Well, it's also that even if he did have adrenaline, there would be an adrenaline dump at some point. He would slow mm-hmm. down. But none of that it means anything except for why didn't the cops do anything like and, right. and here's the whole thing. You know, there's yes. just a big shooting in Buffalo. My cousin just became a cop in Buffalo. So I, I, I have I have a soft spot for police in that in that uh, regard. Mm-hmm. But at some point, this is what you've signed up for. And this is your job. And your job is to stop children from being harmed. And like, so why can and we'll get into the Border Patrol guy coming and saying, why can he do that? Why are you spending time stopping people from getting in there? Why? Right. Why is that? Right. One hundred percent. And see, that's the thing, too. It's it, it's all I think this is what we're going to learn over time, because, again, you know, and, and I even made this I made this. This I, I kind of made this assessment last night, like, you know what, Peter Adorodondo, he hasn't spoken out for himself. And I, and I know people are mad at him because I initially was pissed off. I'm like, how could you how could you make them stand down? Da, 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 da. But it's like, but the guy hasn't spoken for himself either. And he hasn't put out any official statements. This is all, all of this is being communicated by the Texas DPS. And then you also see them throwing each other under the bus. So I'm like, what, like, what's the real narrative? What really went on it? And if in fact, and actually there was a, um, there was a police officer that went off of anonymity and I wouldn't, I wouldn't really trust uh, anonymous sources too much. But because given the circumstances of all this, there was an anonymous cop who said, you know, they're trying to use Peter Adondo as a scapegoat. Uh, he didn't order the stand down. Uh, this is uh, we're getting threats. This is an effing nightmare. That's that's what was quoted from this this cop that was uh, standing down. But the thing is, it's like regardless, regardless of where this order came from, as a human being. I like I myself, the parents were like, give me the vest, yo, like I will go in myself. Give me the strap. I will go stop the shooter myself. Like I could not stand there regardless if my my career was on the line, if blah, blah, blah. I couldn't just stand there and just allow this to happen. I'd rush the school. I totally agree. And that's where that's where that's where it gets uh, sensitive, right? This is where it gets pivotal because it's like this becomes a moral standoff. What would a person do in this scenario regardless? And this becomes a gun discussion Yeah. and who should have guns? Should we have guns? You know, and this is what we're getting to, you know? Uh, so I saw uh, a, a YouTube video. It's by uh, the Hill. I believe it's, that was um, the, whoever Kim Iverson's, I think that's the Hill and they were breaking down. Uh, high impact events like this, which is um, 
This is the 13th in 60 years. That is not a lot. It's now. Now, if you lose somebody in those moments, it's a big event and 100%. We're not minimalizing mm-hmm. this. But right. why does this become about this becomes a gun issue and then want to right. take our guns and do all that? And, you know, my whole thing is this. The guys with the guns didn't do anything to stop the guy mm. with the gun. Mm. So what w- what we're looking at here is a scenario where bad guys get guns and they still get guns. They right. still get guns. Yeah, they, they still get the guns. You will never eliminate them totally. The, there will always be someone who gets guns in and it's just the way it is. And you're just allowing the bad guys to have guns. And if it's not guns, it's going to be nice. It's going to be something. It's always going to be something. But what happens is when you allow people a right to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's amazing how things stop. Yeah. Right. I mean, again, yeah. we talk about all the time on the show, the Rodney King riots. They stopped because Koreans got on their roofs and started pegging people. Yeah. And then we yeah. get into Kenosha. People stop riding because dudes def- defending uh, Indian Hindu Indians uh, parking lots, uh, car parking lots uh, start shooting people. And yeah. that's when everyone goes away. So that's my whole point. What you're looking at is a scenario where. Nobody has guns because they won't use it versus someone with a gun. And you see what happens. Right. Nobody does anything to stop it. Right. But also to your point, you know, uh, you you mentioned the Bortec agent. <coughs> they actually had to act on their own volition to take action. They actually defied whatever order was out there, whatever the standoff was, whatever delayed them from taking action. They had to defy that on their own intuition, on their own volition to go into the school and actually take Salvador down. And it's so sad because, you know, you look at all these different shootings that have happened. They all seem to be hitting different kind of uh, demographics. You know, here we right. got the, all these shooting happenings right around midterm. You have the leak of the road versus weight. All, you know, it's like, it's what I'm saying is shocking only if you haven't studied it for right. years mm-hmm. and you see like the manipulation that has been going on for a very long time for these right. midterms that are, are coming up and this and the, how they just the, you got to pick your words on how you describe this, but they're not doing well. The, de- right. the Dems and they're freaking out. They're freaking out. And it's almost like they, they need to, they need to rush, rush everything, but it's like they commit the most evilest vile acts in mankind and in the history of mankind to get their agenda done. And you have to ask yourself, why is it always places that have emotional value? Right, right. You know, it's, it's always where the heartstrings can be pulled um, easily, easily. I mean, if, if you look at Vegas, right? I mean, mm-hmm. why, why is Vegas? What's that country music mm-hmm. festival? Yeah. I mean, who is the most staunch second amendment people, country music, conservatives, right. country you know? music people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's super so, interesting. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned that, um, you know, with the, with the pulling on the heartstrings, one thing that I did want to mention that I forgot to mention before we went through the timeline, 
was my uh, experience at the civic center. So I remember that day uh, being in Uvalde that it was first reported that, you know, uh, if you're a parent of a, of a Rob elementary student, uh, try to reunite at the hospital. Uh, if you are not a parent or a relative of a child who attends Rob elementary, please do not come and convolute, you know, and, um, congest, uh, the, the traffic there. And then they got told, okay, go to the civic center and, uh, we'll reunite you with details there. So we actually, actually, after the police investigation site, we went to the civic center to check out the scene and, uh, the thing was, it was an eerie and it, of course it was eerie. I mean, I, I don't mean that to sound weird because, you know, any parent that that loses their child, this is going to be a very somber environment. Right. Um, but I, I wanted to mention this because there's so much, you know, in the past two years, past three years that we've had this like great collective awakening, you know, people are like, oh, snap, this is, you know, this is that, blah, blah, blah. I feel like people have also, there's a lot of people that have moved into this um, paranoia state of mind where everything is crisis acting. Everything is a conspiracy. Everybody is paid. You know, you can't be, you can't be a everything's a a hoax. Yeah. Everything's a hoax. You know, like you're a honeypot. Like you have to, you, you, everybody has an excuse for everything now. And so when it comes to this, it was like immediately, I believe best believe, I believe there, there, there's something fishy going on. I think both of you and I, and a lot of people can agree with that. There's, there's something going on, but in this scenario, I personally believe that there were actual casualties. And the reason why I personally can say this is because I experienced the environment of devastation. I talked to uh, a couple that were actually waiting on their daughter. And, um, you know, they, and I have it on my body cam, but I don't believe that I'll ever release it just out of respect for this, these parents. Oh, but, man. but, you know, I, I like the reason why I did share one, one piece for my body cam is because it was from afar. You could not tell who this parent parent was, but you could hear the devastation, the howling coming out of this parent, just finding out that she had to go identify her child at the morgue. And, you know, if anything, people were like, I was a mixed reaction, either you're horrible, you're a monster for posting this, but I'm, I'm also like, are you not like glad that I'm, I'm, um, I'm verifying that I'm uh, with validity that these parents actually lost children so that we would stop some of the conspiracy, right? This is an actual emotion coming from the parent. So that was one one scene. Now, when we were walking back to our vehicles across the street at Walgreens, we came across a couple and they were just kind of like trying to recompose themselves. And one of one of uh, my militia mates, they went to go talk to the couple. And so I walked up and they were basically like they repeated the same thing that I knew. You know, we were told to go to the hospital. Now they were told to come here. And it's so confusing. We don't know where our baby is. So they were waiting. They were waiting to hear news on their daughter and their nephew. And the like, I'm just describing this because I like this is what I, I experienced the devastation. Like if there were emissions of devastation, I felt it. 
the dad was welled up with tears. His eyes were just like, you know how, like you just have this knot in your, in your throat and you, your eyes are just swollen and they just, you feel like you can cry at any moment. <clears throat> that's what I, that's what I saw in this dad and the same thing with the mom. And actually later on, when all this footage came out with the parents uh, being held back by the police, she was actually, she was ye- wearing yellow. She was one of the moms that was held back. So could you imagine experiencing all of that going back and then you have no news of your child. They were absolutely devastated. So I, I just wanted to go through that. Like, I, no, I think that's important. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, f- right before, um, actually before all of that happened, something, I can't explain whether or not there was something going on. Um, but I posted also some body cam footage of me going inside at the civic center, um, and I, initially we thought that we were going to see like grieving parents. And, you know, if, if it was that, like, I wouldn't have posted the footage that I posted, uh, of course, at, again, out of respect, because I, I I'm not going to exploit a, a, a grieving parent. That's, that's wrong. Um, but when we walked in, the reason why I shared the body cam footage that I've shared was because it was not a scene of grieving parents, but people who were inside. And when we walked in, it was almost as if all eyes were on us. And then we eventually got kicked out. Of course, one of, one of the people that I was with, he was, and I wouldn't have done this, but he was uh, filming with a GoPro. I personally wouldn't have done that, but you know, they, they kicked us out immediately and they asked us who we were working with inside the building. And we were like, nobody, like we're not working with anybody inside the building. So they kicked us out, but you know, the, uh, all of that, all of that configured together. I, I don't have ans- uh, total answers. All I can do is take all these components like everybody else and just assess them at this very moment. Yeah, it's it's super. I mean, I, I, I'm not one of these people that thinks nobody passed and uh, in any way. And I think there's a lot of uh, I think there's. Um, a lot of tragedy going when I was in Vegas and people were like, nobody died. I'm like, I was with people who were getting calls yeah. uh, or I was talking to people who gotten a call that their buddy was gone. And like all my friends in Vegas had just, yeah. um, you know, so it's definitely tragic, man. It's Absolutely. definitely tragic and it's super sad. But, and so we have these conversations because we need to figure out what happened. And yeah. before people start, crying about why we need to take guns away from the population. Maybe we should go, are the gun laws that are in place being enforced? Right. Exactly. The answer is it doesn't sound like it. And I understand that the cops have families and cops have lot of their lives and, you know, they're human beings. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, and I say this when they get filmed doing uh shooting people in uh stopping traffic since like these are human beings and these are high impact events and the high the intensity we don't know how people react but the only thing i will say is this again is like this is what you get paid handsomely for Mm. this is what you get a good uh pension for and at the end of the day there's a guy locked in a school shooting children and uh, i mean like I don't know. I feel like I would, if my kids were in there, I would go nuts and run right in. 
I just yeah. don't see how I, I couldn't, I'd find a way and stories of the mom getting out of handcuffs, which that itself is like, what do you, what do you, you're ta- now, did they, did they like mace people and taste people? And did you hear any of that story? I thought I might've heard that, but. Um, I, they, I didn't hear of any interaction like that. I know for sure a mother got um, handcuffed and I know that a parent got pinned down to the ground. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but you know, you mentioned that, that, you know, you would go in and you would do that as a parent, the literature in their drill trainings says that if you're not willing, you should, uh, if you're just one cop on the scene, this is what's in their drill trainings. If you're just one cop on the scene, you need to go rush in and stop the shooting. You, you, even if it's just you by yourself. And then later on in the literature, it says, if you're not willing to do this, you ought to go consider a different career field. And I mean, again, it just cut the complete opposite happened. How could we not be speculative? I totally agree, man. I totally agree. Thoughts and prayers out to everybody. And um, yeah, Natalie, thank you for coming on. It was uh, a, a, a very deep uh, look into a very tragic event and I appreciate you. Uh, where can they find you? Yeah. You guys can find me, uh, pretty much my, my spelling of my name is very weird. It's N A T L Y without the A N A T L Y Natalie Denise D E N I S C. Um, you can find me on YouTube, on Instagram and on Twitter and on truth. So those are my main platforms, but so I I've been saying you your name wrong the whole time. <laughs> Well, people say Natalie, but okay. uh, it's just, yeah, it's that's, Natalie. That's okay. My, my apologies. My little name. It's okay. Uh, I am, I'm, I'm garbage. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you for coming on. I look forward to Thank hopefully you. doing another uh, interview with you again. Thank you for jumping on at the last for second. Sure. I hope to see you Absolutely. guys in Cleveland tonight. And then I want to see you in uh, Dayton on tomorrow night. So I appreciate you guys. Go to com for all of your needs. And we will talk to you soon. Take care, appreciate everybody. Y'all. Bye. Go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.